Oh captain, my captain. Oh captain, my captain. Oh captain, my captain. Oh captain, my captain. Uh, welcome to Oh Captain, My Captain. Uh, my name is Mark Olver, and I am joined as ever by the wonderful Ricky Masindo. Hi, Ricky. Hello, Mark. How's it going? Good, thank you. And we're not even doing a preamble today, are we? We're not. We're, we've got no time. We're so we're such busy, busy people. You're going to Portugal tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to Portugal, sunny, sunny Portugal. Uh, I thought, I thought we were going to do some editing magic, and we were going to make this the actual podcast, and then do the preamble later. But no, I guess no, because uh, no. I don't like to lie to people. But so we'll do like we'll do an epiamble at the end, but we'll put that at the end. I don't want to uh, tell people. I don't want to pretend that we're doing the preamble when we're not really doing the preamble. I, yeah. I say we just. Introduce our guest today, Sibran Shah. Get straight on with this. People have got loads of questions because we're really excitedly joined by an actual real life commissioner from Channel 4. That is yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, that is me. <laughs> I was sort of hoping that Ricky would sound excited then, but it just, there was absolutely nothing. I mean, you can't expect me to be excited when I've found out we have a commissioner coming in, like, yesterday. Oh, shit, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, God, yeah. No, this is the other thing, Sid. I don't always tell Ricky who the guests are. This is the other thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, I, I see in our group chats, he messages people going like, next episode of the podcast, have X, Y, and Z coming on. And I'm like, I haven't even been told that. But <laughs> he doesn't know how group chat works. Well, no, he's exciting, right? He's just uh, ex- so hi, Sim. Hi, Mark. Hi, Ricky. Thank you very much for uh, inviting me on. It's a it's a pleasure as always to see you, Mark. It's, well, so it, it is a pleasure, and it, it it really is a pleasure. And being able to say, "Oh, we've got a commissioner from Channel Four on the show," but because I know you quite well, um, I am quite underwhelmed by having you on. Um, but also massively whelmed, like huge amounts of whelming at the same time. What level of whelming should we have for having not just you as a human being with all your experiences in TV comedy, but you actually like, like basically you're wearing a hoodie. Like I don't think commissioners should necessarily wear hoodies. They should wear things like... Ep- with things with epilepsy on and little hats and stuff like well usually i would wear um uh, a double-breasted uh pleated twill jacket but today i thought you know i'm so relaxed around you mark i, d- I don't need to i don't Do you know need what to what's joyous about that is that that is an absolute lie and i'll tell you why it's a lie <laughs> because on friday night at, was it no it was last friday at the last leg I don't know if he sent you a picture, but Josh Widdicombe, uh was wearing an outfit and he said, who have I come dressed as? And it was like a corduroy sort of shacket. And he went, who have I come dressed as tonight? And I went, oh, my God, you look like Sim. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he did send me a message. He sent me a picture saying, guess who I dressed as? And then I sent <laughs> a picture of himself to which I replied, 
whoever that is, it's a cool guy. <laughs> Did you? So when you were like, when I introduced him as Sim, uh, and you were like, "Oh shit, we're joined by a commissioner." Were you slightly surprised that this this youthful-looking uh, um, OG in a hoodie was uh, was a commissioner? Well, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before, like the common conception about the people in comedy who do all the like uh, box ticking are people who smoke cigars at the back of like smoky rooms and say, you've got talent, kid. So the fact that Zim is a youthful, smiley, nice man is quite a shock. If I smoked a cigar in the back of a room, I would be coughing and spluttering. (laughs) (laughs) And would not not pull it off. Um. all you need to know, Sim, is that Ricky is still quite new into into comedy. Just done 100 gigs, is that right? Yeah, 110 now. Yeah. Wow, that's very impressive. Well done. Well done for getting through that. Thank you, thank still, you. Uh, he still seems to think that most sort of the reality of comedy is based around films from the 1950s. So he still thinks <laughs> agents smoke cigars and journalists wear those hats with a little bit, piece of paper in them for some reason. <laughs> well, with, 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 with a banker's lamp and a visor with a cigarette. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's 100% <laughs> what Ricky. So I suppose the first question really is, what is a commissioner? Good question. Good question. So um, I guess my job really has sort of two main parts to it. Um, the first is that I I commission shows, so I listen to indies, independent production companies, and and sometimes talent who pitch ideas to me, um, and uh, with them eyes along uh, alongside the team that I'm I'm in, which is the entertainment department at Channel Four, then um, making decisions whether we would like to further pursue the idea. So that might mean development funding, and then it might go on to the next stage. It could be a non TX pilot and then it could go to series so the first role of a commissioner really is just to listen to in indies um and their ideas and then make a decision as to whether those ideas fit with a particular commissioning strategy and then decide if you want to pursue them further so that's one part the second part i guess is um uh you could call it the editing bit the editor bit it's it's really overseeing existing programs so there are current programs on channel four that are uh returners that commissioning editors um have sort of overall editorial responsibility for um as well as compliance so i look after alongside other commissioners um the last leg uh cats does countdown the big nasty show latest with mo gilligan so all those shows are made by a production company and sort of signed off by the channel, which is which is which is me as a commissioner, but then other commissioners as well, and um, who look after other shows. So, and you know, beyond that, there's a lot of liaising as commissioners do within the channel uh, between press and marketing and legal, um, and there's a lot of um, looking out for new talent as well so not just listening to independent production companies pitch their ideas but also going out yourself getting out there to find who new talent is um, and see if they might be interested in doing something for us or just keeping an eye on them and seeing how they develop you know uh, a lot of what channel four does is about um, breaking new talent it's about being distinctive and different 
and it's about sort of representing unheard voices and marginalized communities and 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 that's what it's been about for the past 40 years and being very distinctive and alternative is sort of who we are so that is a mixture of um listening to people who come up with those ideas and also as a commissioner i suppose having a sense or a taste for what those ideas are and the kind of people who might bring them to you whether it's on-screen talent or off-screen talent and that is a slightly long-winded answer to your short question are you um you mentioned entertainment and a lot of the shows that i do the warm-up for you are there but your ent- your entertainment and not comedy that's right so so in channel four there's sort of a, a, a slight difference between um comedy and entertainment so um lots of people when they think of they, lots of people when they're watching a viewer of Channel Four probably wouldn't make the distinction, but but we sort of make the distinction slightly in um in in our department. So uh, comedy is generally seen as scripted narrative drama, um, which has um sort of high gag rate comedians in it, and you would just generally see as a comedy. So something like Statlet's Flats or um, Peep Show are, are, are comedies. Whereas entertainment generally is seen as, as unscripted. So it would sit in um, in a studio or it could be a sort of um, a, an event or, 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 or it could even be a travelogue or uh, something like that. So it, 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 or it could be a quiz show or, or anything. So it's, and those are generally seen as unscripted in the sense that it doesn't come with a script, doesn't have a narrative to it or a drama, but it is filled with comedians um, a lot of the time. And the main aim is to be funny and to entertain people. So we sometimes separate out the two departments at, at, at the channel, but but there is also a lot of crossover. So the entertainment department is just commissioned, uh, which I commissioned the Prince Andrew the Musical, which was, which, which, was, which was scripted, but that sort of organically became scripted as it were, rather than us pitching out for that. Um, it, 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 it had sort of unscripted elements in a way, because uh, it had a sort of documentary feel to it. So um, there's a lot of collaboration between the departments and uh, that can actually make it um, quite a powerful force, I think, to, to to find new talent and to get the best ideas. So I'm going to buy myself a tandem, a tandem bike. Uh, <laughs> there are two Another seats one. on the tandem bike. I, uh, I'm also friends with uh, Charlie Perkins, who is head of comedy. Oh, yeah. yeah, lovely. Um, very, very cool. Should I let you on my tandem bike with me? Should I let Charlie on my tandem bike with me or should I let you two have the tandem bike and I get an Uber? Like who is, who's the most important? Is she your boss? Are you her boss? So, is it different? So like it's, it's slightly different. So Charlie Perkins, who's incredible and a brilliant, brilliant talent, an amazing, amazing person. She is the, the head of comedy and I report to um, Phil who Harris, who was the head of entertainment. So Charlie commissioned scripted and in that scripted comedy is what is she. So she, so um, out of that comes to say big boys or hull raises or Statlet's flats or we are lady parts or the curse dairy girls. And most recently um, uh, don't hug me. I'm scared, which uh, all of those are brilliant and they are, but they are, they, they are scripted shows. So if you have an idea for a sitcom, you'd probably go to Charlie. Um, whereas if you have an idea for a Friday night comedy entertainment show that's say set in a studio, that might have chat show elements to it and maybe some VTs, and, or it could be a panel uh, show that has, you know, like Cats Countdown that has 
a host and a, a, a team of three, um, two teams of two even, uh, and um, you probably come to entertainment. So that's that's sort of, that's sort of the division. So Charlie is um, so if just to go back to your tandem bike, you'd probably want Charlie Perkins and Phil Harris on that bike with you because they are uh, respectively the head of comedy, the head of entertainment. And cool. I, can on, I can be on the stabilizers in the back. So Brilliant. <laughs> you love that. Me and you hanging out. Um, Ricky, is all of this making sense so far? Yeah. Is that clear? Yeah. Is that, is that very unclear? No, 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 that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a distinction between entertainment and comedy. Is that like a industry thing or is that a channel four thing? This there's usually in the industry there is usually a distinction between scripted and unscripted mm. um, uh, content. So I think in the BBC though I'm not speaking for the BBC. Um, uh, um, they have a an entertainment department, and I think out of that comes Have I Got News for You, for example, or formerly I'm sp- I suppose Mock the Week did as well. And I think they cover lots of other things in that entertainment department. I think they may even do The Apprentice. I'm not sure, but. Those are unscripted shows, but they sort of have a comedy element to it. Obviously, Have I Got News yeah. For You does. Whereas there is a comedy department at BBC, and I think that's where they would commission uh, um, comedy. So that would be uh, I'm Fleabag or something like that would would have come out of uh, BBC comedy scripted. So so generally, I'm not sure about ITV and the others. I, I, I wouldn't speak for them, but I, generally, there is a distinction between entertainment, which is seen as unscripted and comedy which is seen as scripted but the departments do work quite closely together okay that makes sense and how did you get into like commissioning like how does one become a commissioner um well my path was fairly um i think sort of straightforward in a way uh, i i worked initially as a researcher um and then worked um on some political programs and then and then worked as an ap on some factual programs, fact fact end shows. I worked on a show called Secrets of Shoplifters and Secrets of Pickpockets. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I moved on to continue working as an AP on some comedy shows, a a show called 10 O'Clock Live, uh, where I was an AP on that. And then I just worked my way out. Oh, God. So did I meet you on 10 O'Clock Live then? How long were you then? So 10 O'Clock Live was 2013. So that is 10 years ago. Right. So I would have been 26 when that was when that was on. So um, and I then just worked my way way up from AP to producer. um, And I I actually, unlike lots of other people, I think, who work in in comedy ends, um, I. I have had a a slightly weird CV because I've done political programs and I've done comedy programs and I've done factual and fact end. Um, I, I did the I did a stint at the one show. I worked on a oh. um, I worked on a paranormal uh, um, a horror show, a, a paranormal drama called uh, um, uh, Paranormal Witness for Sci-Fi at Raw. Mm. And then um, I then got a, interviewed for a job as a producer on Question Time for BBC, mm. and then did that for two and a bit series. And then after I did Question Time, um, I then was asked to interview for the Last Leg which uh, in 2018 as a producer and I got the job on the last leg. And then really I stayed on the last leg from 2018 all the way up to uh, 2021. And I, I, I worked from producer up to series producer 
And that's where I properly started to know Mark. Um, mm. And that was over about 100, 110 episodes or something of The Last Leg That's a, that, that I'd done as a producer. And um, I was then coming towards the end of my time at The Last Leg. I was thinking about coming towards the end of my time. And then an opportunity came up at Channel 4 uh, for a commissioning editor. Um, and um, I saw the interview. Uh, I saw the thing come up, and um, and I was, you know, spoke to some people, and they encouraged me to give it a shot. Why not? There's no no harm in in applying. Um, I applied, uh, went through an interview round, and uh, then got the job. So that's sort oh, of so that's sort of that's sort of how that went. So it's, it is a fairly traditional structure, and it's quite an open process. You know, to Channel Four when they were. Um, uh, advertising, they put it up on their website. Um, I think it's four careers, and 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 you go through the process, and you've got to write a bunch of words to sort of explain who you are, what you're doing, what what, what your thought is about, you know, how to uh, 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 improve the, you know, um, what I, I think it was something, you know, what's your sort of vision for entertainment and all that kind of stuff, and yeah. um, and and then you you just sort of it's just a sort of straightforward interview at that point, and then. Mm. And then I got told I, I got it, so I didn't really take much hesitation because um, it's brilliant. And my my boss Phil Harris at the time is is a really uh, exceptional uh, exceptional um, uh, commissioner and and producer used to produce and and a great leader. So I thought I'd like to work for him. Um, mm. And um, that's also an important thing is who's who's going to be your you know who who will you be working toward uh, working for directly and and you know. You have someone that inspires you. I think it's 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 an important thing to do. I spend quite a lot of time with commissioners because a lot of the time when the shows are going on, I'm in the green room, and often just before the show, I'm with the commissioners. So yeah. over the years, I've got to know loads of them, and I never quite know what they do, and I also <laughs> never quite know smoking cigars is, in the back. I never really know who's really important and I never really know if I should be speaking to them with some sort of deference and you know back out of the room bowing towards them as I as I go because I think the thing about them is that you never quite know a lot of the time who is like you just said AP so that's an assistant producer then you've got your producers your researchers your runners I never quite know who is who. Do you know what mm, I mean? I mm, never quite mm. know. Sometimes there'll be a commissioner who is doing what I think an executive producer will be, but sometimes a commissioner is an executive producer. It gets a bit kind of crazy sometimes. So I do just sort of like waddle around kind of talking nonsense to anyone I bump into, really. Do you feel that people are a bit scared of you? I don't think anyone would be scared of if they saw the size of me. So I think that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, uh, no, I think, you know, um, with it, as, as is any, you know, um, dynamic where I, as a broadcaster, you've commissioned a program. So you've, you, you're, you're putting funding towards a product. That's a television show and the supplier, the producer wants to give you the best product that they can, and you want it to really succeed. So, um, there's always a a desire to to make the the best thing possible. So, um, and you look at a show case by case. So, a show that say you've just commissioned, it's brand new and it's 
you know, maybe it's 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 high risk in that, you know, it might be an expensive show and um, it might be a, a, a new format. You might feel like, oh, God, that, you know, I, I hope this goes well. And then they, you know, they that's that that's totally natural. Um, whereas if you're on a return that's been around for a very long time and you're very confident in that show, then generally I think it can be a little bit more more relaxed because people are very familiar with the roles that they're doing, the APs know what they're doing, the producers know what they're doing, the execs know what they're doing. And, you know, the commissioners are also just aware of what's going on and feel very relaxed and comfortable in that. So, you know, it it, it does change from production to production. I don't, you know, I don't think anyone's really ever scared of anyone in that sense but i do think um i do think there's always uh a, a desire to sort of make the best show possible especially when it's a sort of a, a a new show so one thing we always do a lot of is be as collaborative as we can with the producers because that's that's the most important thing and you so i've had text messages from you going i'm at a gig i've seen this person do you like that person or what do you know about this person in terms of stand-up? Like, yeah, you actually go out and watch comedy. Like, you, yeah, all your the time. job is to do this. But uh, were you a comedy fan for some of these jobs? Couldn't stand it. Couldn't stand comedy. No. <laughs> it's just the opposite to make me laugh. <laughs> so I, I've, I've always, um, I've always loved stand-up. I've always loved comedy. It's what you know. It's it's why I've chosen to do this job and why I've I've chosen it um uh, those shows on my career path up um uh that have that comedy element to it is what's attracted me to them I think um you know it's a great thing about working at Channel 4 and one of the best things about working in the team that uh I, I, that, that 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 I do is that everyone wants to go out and watch comedy and everyone mm. genuinely has an excite feels excited about it so you know um everyone's got busy lives and they've got things going on so it's not that we could probably go i would love to go more often i think everyone would like to go as often as possible but we split our time pretty well between between us to try and go to as much live stuff i think we do a pretty good job at, at that um and it doesn't feel an obligation ever it just feels like uh it, re it really is quite fun and 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 as with anything that's where you're where you're trying to scope for new talent you're always interested in what other people think. You know, it's it is, it, this is a it's, it, this is a taste industry. So you know, your taste might be different to somebody else's. So if I'm like, mm, I'm not sure about this person, but somebody else whose trust judgment I trust uh, says, oh, I really am into that this person, then I might think differently about it. So that's why I would text Mark Oliver, for example, and say, what's your thought on it? What's your thought on so-and-so? And if he gives me, presents me with a view, um, I would certainly take that on board when deciding whether uh, we want to, you know, maybe put them into a non-TX pilot or or have a meeting with them or, or you know, get in touch with their agent. So so it does matter. And I think it does matter to go out and, and see as, mu as, as much as you can, because um, that's where you're, that's where you'll find new people. They're not going to come. It's going to come to you. Yeah. So how much? How much would you say? Like the average commissioner goes to watch live comedy. Like, is it an active effort? You there feel is like no, average There's uh... no average commissioner. <laughs> okay, fine. What an interview answer. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky, um... when you when you hear Sim talking like this, do you and and Sim last week's episode we did about um scripted stuff with Brendan Reese, who's going through a process of 
getting a pilot on uh, the BBC. So it's quite interesting doing this week, doing similar sorts of processes, but in a, diff- a slightly different world. Ricky, I sort of see your eyes sometimes, and I think to myself, do you know what? I could see Ricky being an AP and being a producer and be obviously you 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 want to be a stand up at the moment but when you hear him talking like that do you think to yourself oh yeah that's a world I can see myself getting into I I could definitely be a producer like on that side of the camera like I think that would that would be something that I would enjoy I mean because the thing is cuz like obviously I do stand up and I love stand up and it's the thing that I enjoy doing the most but I'm also a student like for me stand up is not like the be all and end all so it's like I for me if stand up doesn't work out that'll be absolutely fine even though it'd be my dream to be like a successful stand up comedian so for me I'm always like giving my comedian friends advice of like stuff that I'd be like this is this is what you should be doing people who are on my level because for me I feel like I can see it as kind of an outsider because it's not my entire being is not in it because I'm still at uni and I think it's interesting being on that side of it because I think sometimes you have like a perspective that you can't really have if you're just completely doing gig 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 and stuff like that but yeah, like I love TV. I love like production, film, all that stuff. So I could definitely do something like that. Yeah, I mean, look. I, I first of all, I think you've done an incredible job. And if you sit, you're still at uni and you're smashing out 100, 110 gigs, and you're focusing on career stuff like that's just really impressive. So you know, I think you've got a lot going for you there. I think Thank you. Um, it is useful. I think for anyone if they want to get. Um, into comedy to try and see uh and entertainment if they want to get into either of those uh, uh genres to to try and get a 360 degree view of of it i, I think that will mm. that will do it nothing but help you um you know i've got what, what one example and mark Olver knows this person but i i had an eight we i used to work with an ap um uh called james farmer and he is um uh, now a really really sought after writer um, mm. And um, I used to work with a researcher called Rosie Jones, who is a now really, really who's a prick presenter. Who's a prick? <laughs> and I used to work with Sophie Duker, who uh, is also a really uh, established comedian now. And mm. all three of them, I think, I've done really well in their own field. Um, and all of them started off in production, um, mm. and they were brilliant in production, and they. You know, had a desire to do something else, which is totally natural. You all could see it. You know, they were they, they were passionate about James Farmer, who used to be in the writers' room with Jimmy Carr and Cats' Countdown. His job was essentially a sort of scribe, where he would sit there and write down their jokes, um, uh, and then he would occasionally contribute his own material. And he contributed enough material over time for people to think this guy's actually pretty talented. Why do, doesn't he just contribute material more regularly? And then he became a, a, a full-time writer after that. And um, mm. Rosie and Sophie both worked on, I think, Castle's Countdown as well. Um, and uh, as researchers or, or APs and um, were doing comic co- comedy on the side. And again, they were in the... I guess the, the advantage that they had from being on production, uh, well, there was an advantage and disadvantage, right? The disadvantage means that you're actually working. 
like full, mm. like all the time. So your time is is limited. So you've got to use it carefully if you're going to go to gigs and stuff. So that that's just tough, right? This makes it quite hard. Um, but if you're careful with your time and you're ambitious and you 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 you'll be able to ma- manage those things. The advantage is um, you're already in conversations with producers and exec producers all the time. So you've suddenly developed a network of people who might be the decision makers making a choice as to whether they want to advance your career or not by putting you on television or giving you an opportunity in a writer's room or suggesting you to a commissioner to have a on a non-TXable pilot or taster. Mm. Um, and lots of other comics don't get that opportunity if they are just doing the circuit all the time. They might do. And of course, agents, you, you'll get exposed to agents. So, you know, I, I, I have no doubt that, to be honest, Rosie and Sophie would have made a massive success even if they hadn't uh, worked in TV production beforehand. But I think they would themselves probably agree that working TV production helped them learn about the industry and meet people in a way that may have not have been the case had they not been it. Yeah, no, that's interesting. You've mentioned uh, a phrase a couple of times uh putting them on a non-TX pilot. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I can explain what that is. So, well, I know what it is, apart from the fact that I never quite know when... So RX is when you record something. That's right. And TX is when that thing goes out, transmission. Correct. Record X. But no one's ever told me what the X stands for. It's a uh, a closely guarded secret that I don't think you ever get told what the X is until you um, get the top job. So, uh, <laughs> by that, I no one knows minister. what. You no one knows what it's, the, it's the first thing that they tell you. That red box arrives when you're in number ten, and they open <laughs> up and they say, "That's what the X stands for." <laughs> but so we we often so one of the things about this, I get I questions from people, and people often just want to know. Yeah, especially people who listen to this. How do I get on telly? How do I? What's the processes? What are the paths? What are the, and I think the non-TX pilot path and whether that's a non-TX taster or a sizzle or a something like that, that seems to be the, I suppose, open spots of the TV world. Yeah. I is mean- that a fair, is that a fair analogy? Um, I think uh, in in a way, yeah. But I think I think I think there are other avenues as well. And by all means, I wouldn't want to narrow it down just to this these these occasional um, non transmittable uh, pilots and taste takes because actually we see um, talent come through in lots of different ways, uh, and you wouldn't necessarily need to be on a non TX taster to uh, get an opportunity. You know take Dictionary Corner on Cats Last Countdown, for example, that's an opportunity for brand new talent to come on and do something. Um, and they may not have done anything that's a taster tape or anything before. We just saw them and liked them. And I guess a way to, I suppose to answer your question directly about how to get on, on television, there's lots of different routes. Um, if you're a stand-up comic, there's still a sort of slightly traditional route where you do the circuit, 100, 110 shows, gigs, that kind of thing. Uh, and then, and Mark will know this much better than I do. So, you know, he's probably the better, the the, 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 sort, the source of knowledge here. And then, and then you go off and you can do Edinburgh. Uh, and um, you, that's a sort of big showcase for everyone. And 
the TV industry might come down and have a look and check you out and be encouraged. And it might give you an opportunity maybe to get an agent or an agent to come down and that agent can then lobby the, the TV commissioners or the executive producers. And then might encourage you to come and see a show that's say not in Edinburgh, but you know, back in the U uh, somewhere else in the UK. Um, and then they're just on your radar really. And it, a lot of it is about just getting on the radar of people who have the power to put you on screen if that's what your goal is and lots of people have that power you know it's not just commissioners executive producers do agents do right there's a lot of people who are able to assist you with that and it's about getting in front of them and i think that that traditional route now is being uh not necessarily replaced but it's, it's it sits in competition with social media and um that does a really good job of doing it as well you know um, I've done a lot of work with Munya Chihuahua and um, he's not done Edinburgh. He didn't do stand up in that sense. And I know everyone knows him now, but there was a period when no one really knew him. And he was just still pursuing putting videos up, probably in this, probably with the same passion and rigor that you might be going to your gigs every, every evening. And mm. there was no difference really in them getting to you. Uh, in the past, I might have thought the only way you could do it was through gigging. Now, you can very much upload your own stuff and you can also then get the attention of people. Um, so I, I think there's lots of avenues to do it, but I, I do think beyond just the, the technical way of trying to get there, whether it's getting on stage or putting videos out, it is genuinely just a, a lot of hard work and, and being comfortable with rejection, which is really mm. tough. Like you've got to get used to that. And we all get used to that. And I think you're not really in this business unless you are a able to have that thick skin. And it, it is tough. It is tough. But um uh if you've got if you've really got drive and ambition to make it, then you 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 will. Mm. Yeah, people get a little bit obsessed sometimes with a lot of people get obsessed with agents and go, if you've got the right agents that agent will get you onto that particular show or that agent will get you onto that particular show or that agent will help you meet that commissioner. But the fact of the matter is I know people who are the big bosses of production companies. You know, I know yeah. Ruth Phillips from Zepatron and I know that if I was with Ruth and she met someone or saw someone at a gig and she liked them, she she wouldn't care who their agent is. She would just go, oh, we need to try and get them on Catster's Countdown. We need to try and... And when you talk like that, I think that's really encouraging for people because when you talk about the power, okay, a commissioner does have the power, but also so does the head of comedy or the head of, of entertainment. Mm. Also so does the talent themselves. You know, yeah. Adam Hills can go... Oh, you need to see this one. This person, I gigged with them the other day. They were absolutely brilliant. And when you start realizing that, and you start realizing that that this muppet has a degree of power, because I will text someone and I will be at a gig, and someone will say, "Have you heard of this guy?" Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to even use the example, an actual human being. Um, have you heard of Jack Skipper? Yes, I think I've seen his stuff on so on social. Yeah, I think that's where I've seen it as well. On TikTok, I think I've seen his stuff. So yeah. I was at a gig on the South Coast the other day in Brighton, and I think that's where he's based, and someone 
The sound guy is a guy who does stand up as well called James Ellis. Really good stand up. And he said, Oh God, you are I, I gig with Jack Skipper last night and uh he absolutely ripped the roof off this place. Um and I was like, Oh, oh, I don't know him. And then but ever since then I'd been dropping his name into conversation mm. Mm. with agent friends of mine, with production friends of mine. Because when I hear that someone is like then James was like, mate, he could be an arena comic within five years' time. I'm like, holy shit. Like, I find yeah. that really exciting. And I don't know anything about him. I just love it when you hear that someone is really exciting and someone is excited about them. I then become excited about them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, as, uh, it sort of goes back to what I was saying earlier about you, you trust other people's judgment a lot. You know, I think if someone you trust is excited about a particular piece of talent, then it doesn't really matter. You, you, or whether you, you, you're sort of just interested in who they are and are they interested in, in being on television or working with you and what, what are their passions? And you just sort of want to get to know them a bit better. Um, and that is about, you know, it's an industry that's a network industry. You know, we, we trust a lot on other people's judgments and it's taste dependent. So um. as I said, right at the beginning, everyone's tastes are quite different. Um, it doesn't mean that anyone has the right taste or the wrong taste. Uh, it's about for Channel 4 knowing, say, who the Channel 4 audience is um, and for BBC probably thinking about who's the BBC audience and then thinking outside the box, who's who wouldn't usually come to Channel 4 but might do because this piece of talent we've now got on the channel, you know. I think that's, there's all things that you might think about. It might be something that, say, a commissioner might think about that, say, more than perhaps a, uh, an, an agent might. An, an agent wouldn't necessarily be thinking, who's a Channel 4 audience? They're just thinking about their talent, whether their talent has a broad enough appeal to, you know, uh, um, tour around the country and get on television, all that kind of stuff. Whereas Channel 4 is just thinking about its own, you know, little world. Um, and understanding that is probably quite a helpful way of looking at other comics. Mm. so where where do you like see the future of entertainment comedy going because obviously like i mean i'm 24 and like people who are younger than me they're obsessed with their phones obsessed with tiktok youtube whatever that's like the majority of their entertainment and where they get comedy from do you feel like like what is what is the world what is channel four in 20 years do you think it's still the same <laughs> way like or do you think it's a different kind of thing where people are focusing on social media yeah what do you think god it's so depressing that in 20 years ricky will still be younger than i am now <laughs> <laughs> i mean if anyone, i don't want to think about what things in a bit if i'm still here in a hoodie in 20 years time i think i'll be, I'll be very lame I actually will be smoking the cigars at that point. Probably. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> you would have answered at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, I think Channel 4, like um, lots of other broadcasters, will be very different in 20 years' time to yeah. how it is now. I mean, if you look at 20 years ago, uh, where where were we? We were tw 20 years ago, there wasn't the um, expansion of choice uh, available mm. to, to, to viewers. Uh, the internet wasn't really a thing. Um, yeah. And therefore, there weren't um uh uh the um number of comics and talent and entertainers around so i can only imagine that would increase which will make things competitive and 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 uh trying to keep up with that will be a big challenge um and people generally 
you know, it's well documented and well reported, and it's no surprise to say that uh, linear viewing is slightly on the on the on the decline, and we we know that that people are watching stuff on their phones and they're watching stuff on their laptops, and 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 I think that's where Channel Four and other broadcasters will be looking at is thinking how do we drive people to our on-demand services and mm. um but you know that's a pretty short-term challenge as well that's not just 20 years that's over yeah. two, three years you know so um if you know what the world is like in 20 years time please tell me and everyone else because we can stop <laughs> <that> for it <laughs> yeah yeah and i'll let you know when i figure it out <laughs> <laughs> but i also don't think it's as it's as crazy different now as people seem to suggest it is like People were talking about everyone getting together and watching the last episode of Happy Valley last week, you know, and it was kind totally. of like when people see something on telly that they that they want to watch, they are just going to watch it and people will binge things. Like I, um, there are certain shows that I will definitely binge. Um, I binged, uh, it, it's really fun. I'm, people aren't talking about it enough, but I really liked it. This new thing on Disney Plus, extraordinary. This, oh, um, oh, what are you that. making that face for? That. What are you, you saying? Don't that for? Ricky, <laughs> I, I just did not expect you to say Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> that that it's was cool. the last. Disney Plus is cool. It's not. It's not just. It's... I mean, I have Disney Plus. I have Disney Plus, but I'm nostalgic <laughs> for my show, childhood. This show is a British sitcom with swearing and proper filth <laughs> that really? is on. Is on Disney Plus. That's wild. I mean, because Disney is loads of stuff, I guess. It's not just like the cartoons. Oh, yeah, no, it's right. It's it acquired Marvel and Pixar, and it's got the bear, and it's amazing. But I guess what, what, what Mark's saying is absolutely right. And I think, you know, if there is a, still a great show like Traitors or Happy Valley, people mm. will come, people will come to watch it. Mm. Um, and it doesn't matter. And people will watch it on linear and they'll um, get gather around with their families and they'll watch it. And that is still something that I think will exist in 20 years time because mm. um, entertainment is 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 very much a shared experience. And you, you do want to sit down and watch things with your family and friends. And, and people do feel like they like watching stuff that the country is watching at the same time, too. Mm. And that's where I think British broadcasters have a unique, especially public service ones have a unique role to play because they can reflect that society back at them at a given moment in time that feels mm. that feels like uh uh they they they're really speaking to you and that's where i think there'll always be an appetite for that so that will still happen in tw 20 years time i'm sure uh, as mm. much as it does now yeah um yeah go on ricky no nah, no nah, i was just going to say it was like it, it is interesting because be like going into comedy like i think i started when i was 21 or whatever it's like it, it it's like the world that i think a lot of people started comedy in it seems like it's a lot different now just because even in the last two years with the explosion of tiktok youtube shorts last year or whatever like the game has just changed so much so it's it's almost like now if you're trying to push thinking about what do i want to do where do i want to focus my energy it's like you kind of if you're in like my position or people at my level you're kind of thinking like is it social media is it trying to go the traditional route do I do both so because I guess people see the traditional route is harder in a way and social media has fewer barriers to entry but yeah that's really the decision I think a lot of people listening to this podcast will be like making well for people listening to the podcast I would I would just say 
where do you think you're most confident in in your own talent and pursue that you know don't i wouldn't i, I just think what am I good at and what do I feel confident in doing and do I love it? Just keep pursuing that. And I think that's probably, mm. that's, that's the, probably the best advice I could give. So mm. if you, if you're, if you're doing 100, 110 gigs, you don't mind uh, falling on your face on the stage, right? You've no. obviously been able to deal with that. I think <laughs> a lot of people can't do that. And I think I certainly couldn't do that. So, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, um, that's something that, and if you're enjoying it and it's not wearing you down, then you should keep pursuing it. And I think that's, mm. um, I think that's, that's the advice. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good advice. Definitely. I think what, what I find really interesting. So we are recording this on the uh, 15th of uh, February and this will probably go out next week. And on the 17th, this Friday, is the National Comedy Awards and they are live and they're on Channel 4 and it's at 9 o'clock and Tom Allen is hosting and I'm doing the warm-up and this is the second year in this format and last year I was there and this conversation about TikTokers and digital people and YouTubers and Instagrammers and linear and all that stuff all night, so Abby Clark, who is a friend of the podcast, uh, was there with <coughs> a few other uh, TikTok people, and they had a big table paid for by their big tiktok management company or whoever. And they came up to me, Abby came up to me with two or three TikTokers who had a total of three million subscribers altogether, and they were like, over can you introduce us to some TV people? And <laughs> the TV people saw me talking to them and came up to me and went, Over, you seem to know some of the TikTokers. Introduce <laughs> us to the TikTokers. And wow. just before the show, I was driving to London, having a conversation with the agent of someone who is doing incredibly well with their podcast. And they were like, yeah, well, the podcast is running its own thing and we do live things and, you know, we, we don't really need traditional TV anymore. And and I'm like, oh, OK, oh, well, that's brilliant. And he said, well, when will I see you next? I said, oh, I'm actually on my way to the National TV Awards. And he was like, oh, I'm there with the podcast people. And I'm like, hold on. So you say you're not interested, <laughs> but you're going to this event with them. <laughs> and the TikTokers want to know the TV people because they're like, but the TV people want to know the TikTok people and the podcast people want to get on TV and the TV people would like to have a successful podcast. And part of me just thinks that none of this is mutually exclusive and all in its own little corners. Mm. It's just a big melange of different ways of getting the bullshit that we like to create out into the world and and so although things will change like traitors is a really good example of you know a linear tv program but sometimes i was watching traitors on my ipad sometimes i was watching it on the telly sometimes i was watching it on my phone on the train because i needed to needed to know what was going on oh. i think the lines are blurrier than we think they are yeah that's definitely true and even like with the traitors, a lot of them are like famous online on social media. So even the blurring of the lines goes even further. I mean, I think, um, you know, as when any new forms of entertainment 
suddenly enter the space. I think everyone is trying to figure out uh, how best to how best to navigate it, right? So I think oh. you, you know, it go back to your question: What Channel Four look like in twenty years' time, or what does any broadcast look like in twenty years' time? I assume those things that Mark's talking about now will probably be ironed out, and oh. and everyone sort of know, and it it won't be a case. I mean, I'd love to know in twenty years' time who wants to be introduced to whom. <laughs> you know it'd be really interesting and that's but that's part of the buzz of the industry i think and it's, it's it's what makes it quite a fun and exciting place to work mm. yeah yeah no it absolutely it absolutely is every single it's going to start getting repetitive this podcast because every single time we have someone on whatever they talk about it always does come down to just do it do it well, work hard, yeah. have fun with it. Sometimes you might die on your ass. Sometimes it might go tits up, but just keep doing it. And like you might, someone asked, one of the questions that someone asked me was, um, are you ever really pitch things in an elevator? Is it just the saying? You know, and it's kind of like, I, I imagine I, there I, are now Uber pitches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is a lift in Channel 4 um, that... Um, uh obviously i use and um i think i've i think i've pitched i think i pitched ideas to my fellow commissioners in that in those lifts to see, <laughs> to see if they'd be interested in it but i don't think i've yet had a, a an actual um elevator pitch from a producer but i'll take one i'll take one but it's less than three minutes usually an elevator pitch is three minutes right the lift yeah up to the, uh, the lift up to the third floor the first floor is about I think about 15 seconds. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, that's, that's tough, but go for it. Um, let me ask you this question, because we are nearly finishing, but a question that I've always wanted to know is you're going out with an independent production company. You're going out for dinner. Um, who's buying the dinner? Are they buying you the dinner because they want to get their show on your channel? Or are you buying them the dinner because you want their show on your channel. Look, Mark, if you want to take me out for dinner, <laughs> I do. Uh, all you I need do. to do, all you need to do, is uh, is is ask. <laughs> Look, I've, I, I think, yeah, I think um, you know the, the relationship between indies and and channel f- and and broadcasters is it's not a taking out for dinner sort of situation, but it's um, you. You develop relationships with people, and it's a two-way street. To be honest, like you want the indie to deliver something that uh, is a success on the channel, and the indie wants you to trust in them to do so. So, um, I guess to to take it away from your specific example and speak more broadly, I think um, it's always a two-way street, and and Channel Four is in, is particularly like that because you know we all of our output is from independent production companies so we don't do anything uh in-house at the moment i mean obviously these with the announcement these things might 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 change slightly but um yeah it's 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 pretty two-way so in dutch is it, yeah it does and does it is it <laughs> difficult to because people talk about this quite a lot this idea of getting involved with a production company and i think one of the things about uh oh captain my captain the idea of the podcast was set up partly to try and encourage diversity. So to encourage more young black and Asian Bristolians, really. It was mainly for Bristolians. But I, I realised that people can listen to podcasts anywhere. But like, 
I think for a lot of a lot of people, they might think, "Oh yeah, but if I'm on my own, if I'm in Cornwall, if I'm in a council estate in Liverpool, like, oh God, how do I get involved in a production company? Like, how can I, like, I I wonder whether we should do an episode, Ricky, on production companies and how they work because the more I hear, it feels like production companies are key to a lot of this." Mm. Yeah, that definitely sounds a good idea. I mean, I think um, production. Look, there's, there's lots of production companies, and there's not very many broadcasters and channels, right? So you're 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 right to try and target production companies quite a lot, and I think that's how a lot of people do. Yeah, you know, I think I think that is probably a really really good way to approach it. And sort of going back to what we were talking about earlier, um, if you're a comic or you want to be a stand-up and um, you're also looking for some work, part-time work, I, w- I, w- I would encourage you to think about joining the television production sector because it's that, it is, you're, you're, you're in that world already um, mm. and, and it, might re- it, it, it might really help. Mm. Mm. That's a very good point, yeah. Yeah, no, I had this, I was in Manchester last week and, and set up an incredibly informal networking thing with... I was working on a show up there for ITV with lots of people who work in telly. And in Manchester, there's lots of really good comics who who would love to get into comedy or into TV, exactly like you're saying. And just after the show, we just got together and had some drinks so people could share their different examples, their, their different experiences of it. Yeah, and, you know, all broadcasters have their own... Um... Uh, production train production training schemes and things like that which are, are incredible i mean channel four has an, app- a, a, an apprenticeships and it has a production trainee scheme and it has work experience and it has something called the content creatives and all this sort of stuff which i think you can look out on the website but you know so there's always there's 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 routes to entry um and and i guess it's about if, if you decide that is what you want to pursue it's that that's that that's that, that's one way of doing it um, one last question. This is another question sure. that I've had. I'm ignoring the questions from other people. I now just want to know the, the things that I've always wanted to know. If something, if a show or a part of a show goes tits up or someone commissions something and it's an absolute disaster, like, did they get, did they get shouted at? Because I don't, I don't really, I'm not very good at being shouted at. Like, have you been shouted at? I've not been. No, it's not. I think this. I think you're thinking of the world where um, uh, commissioners are smoking cigars in the back. And oh, that's, okay. So people and, go, right, I've got you. Okay. Yeah. So there's less. There's not as much shouting at people as I think there is. It's not Gordon Ramsay. No. <laughs> in, in his heyday. In his heyday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but does it? Does it like? reflect on you the quality of a show like, is that how people think about it Are you, is it like your best interest to make a good show because it's like this is good for me or how does it work look i think if you're a commissioner or you're executive producer and you're running a production company and you've commissioned mm. a show or you're producing a show obviously uh how that show um uh performs will be a reflection of 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 you in a way i think that's that's mm. that's the same with any that's with any work where you've put your heart and soul into it and you see what's come out and you see whether you feel yeah. happy you don't feel happy with it i don't think there's any difference but you know i think um it's also we're in the game 
of uh, failure quite 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 a lot of the time, right? So mm. um, you don't go into this industry thinking everything's going to be a massive success and a massive hit all the time. It's just not it's not realistic. So you know, you the best thing to do is to create an environment in which things that don't work are allowed to say not work and then you can learn from them and then make better things. It's like that mm. old Samuel Beckett quote of fail again, fail better. Like it's 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 a perfectly um it's it's perfectly reasonable, not only reasonable, it's sort of expected that mm. not everything's gonna work. And if you bake that into a culture, which is exactly what the culture's like here, then you're not gonna be shouted at for anything. Um it's more a case of just trying to trying to get something on there and <laughs> get it and and see if it rates. It's always great, but you know, yeah, even if it doesn't. Are you proud of it? I think is, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, it makes sense. That feels like the perfect end to this. If you're proud Agreed. of it, uh, then yeah, that is the most important thing. Sim, thanks, buds. I'll see you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, More than welcome. I'll find you somewhere in the roundhouse on Friday. Yes. So, uh, what time are you going to get? Now there? you know it's live, don't you? I know it's live. Yeah, I know. So, which, well, it's more for you, Mark, so that you don't do with your nudie runs, as Adam Hills would say before the end of the show. Yeah. Oh, mate. <laughs> no, because last year it was a pre-record with a little bit of a delay. Whereas this year, um, things could get messy. It's it's later. I think I I'm really interested. By the time you listen to this, one of our friends could have cancelled themselves. That's quite exciting. <laughs> Inshallah, brother. <laughs> Tim, take care, bud, and I'll Thank see you. you uh, I'll see you on Friday. Thank, Thank you very so much. much Thank nice you. Meeting. Cheers. Bye. 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 We are now in. Using this as the epiamble, I don't even know if that's a real phrase. I mean, what's wrong with postamble? You seem to be hesitant to use that. I think because, um, yeah, pro- I-, I think prologue and epilogue, mm. but there's not a prelogue, is there? No, there's not a prelogue. I mean, we could start calling the preamble a prologue and then this an epilogue if you want, if, if you care that much about like syntax. Oi, shut up. You're the one that said that you cared because you were like, what's wrong with, with Pro-Am or what's wrong with whatever it was, Post-Am. Anyway, okay. it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, tell me what you thought of that as a conversation. I love Sim, but I love the fact that he's so obviously worked in TV for quite a long time now that he is like, he wasn't even being careful with his answers. He just knows every single answer has to be a careful answer, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Even when I was like, that is a great interview answer. It was actually like, he's so perfect at what he does that you don't, you can't even trip him up. But I think they have to be, because I do think, I was really interested by that thing right at the end about failure, mm. because cause I was really interested in him saying, yeah, we we expect to fail, like because mm. that's what that for me that's what stand. I say that all the time that stand up is based on failure. I wasn't expecting someone who works in TV to say TV is the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is interesting as well. Cause, I mean, it was the reason I I wanted to know about that was because I was like, 
it kind of puts it into context if you're pitching a TV show to them that it's like this is how they think about it. Like I have to make something good or whatever. Like how much are they allowed to fail? Because that makes you think about the mindset of the person you're actually pitching to. Yeah. I think they they just want to make good stuff. And I think yeah. they want to meet good people and they wanna and they wanna make good stuff with good people. And and I hope it's another episode that maybe shows that that these things are obtainable. I mean, don't get yeah. me wrong, they're frustrating. I'm sure they're mm. massively frustrating. I'm sure there's people listening to this going, oh, well, that's some absolute bullshit. Well, I'm just going to wander into a independent production company and they and go, here's my idea. And they're going to go, oh, we really like your idea. We're going to take it to Channel 4. Oh, Channel 4 said yes. Brilliant. And... Although that is massively unlikely, it does happen. It is, yeah. That's the game. That's the game, really. Because I'll tell you why it happens. Because, so I had this thing once. The whole world of, this was mainly about journalism and comedy, changed for me one day when, years ago, like 20 years ago, I was running a gig in Bristol, and I asked a journalist if we could have a thing in the Bristol Evening Post about this gig, and they said, yeah, could you write me up a press release? So I wrote them up the press release, and the article was essentially my press release. Like, it was literally... (laughs) The cheeky prick didn't even change my press release. Wow. They just... They got rid of some words and then put it in as the article... And do you know what that made me realise that day? That made me realise that newspapers and journalists need to fill their newspapers. And like all of us, they work nine to five, an hour for lunch. They've got to get home. They spend a bit of time on Facebook. They're flirting with the person on the desk next to them. They've got the shits and so they're on the toilet longer than they want to be in the day. They've got a lot of stuff going on. So when someone throws them a, a press release that can become an article and that's going to s- save them 57 minutes, yep. boom, yeah. they're going to do it. Yeah, no, that makes sense, yeah. And TV production companies, um, uh, bookers for yeah. comedy clubs, they don't want to spend 16 hours a day booking their comedy clubs. No. If you're good and they've heard good things about you, and they've heard that you're nice and that you're going to turn up, they're going to book you because mm. they're like, oh, well, brilliant. I've saved myself some time. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm not hunting around. I'm like, oh, well, that person's good. Brilliant. And, and and the TV thing is similar. Channels need to fill their days. They need to fill their hours. Netflix need to have Amazon iPlayer, BBC, they need to have stuff on their thing. And they want to find the quickest, most efficient way to find the best and easiest stuff to put on, which is why Mm -hmm. they work with independent production companies. And so, actually, an independent production company also needs to make TV programmes, because when they make TV programmes, they get paid. Yeah, yeah. They will have open submissions. They will have 
ways of making you get in contact with them because if they think there's a chance that you could give them the new traitors or you could give them the new Derry girls or you could give them the last the new last leg they've made money and they've saved time you know mm, mm. that's very true so these I mean, I routes guess. are not impossible no they're Sometimes not they're just more difficult no they're not and i mean i guess that's the that is the thing about like i don't know what did you what did you call it linear linear media is that is that the term Oh, shut up, you child. Well, um, I have no idea what, what... Like, you kept saying that. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what that is. Linear is basically watching TV at the time that that show is going out. Okay, fine, fine. Yeah, I guess the thing about linear... It's TV... like the opposite of on demand. Okay, fine, fine, fine. That makes sense. It should just be called not on demand, if you ask me. But... <laughs> when we want it to be um but like but the thing is is like people i think it's sh- it's shrouded in mystery and that's kind of been the one of the things that i wanted to do with this podcast is i was like there's so much that i don't know and so much that i have no idea how to even find out that i think other people would get some value in finding all this stuff out because so far it seems as if it's not that it's shady or that it's hard to get in. It's just kind of like you just have to do it and it eventually will hopefully work out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we are going to do an episode in the next couple of weeks. We're going to do like a glossary of TV. (laughs) Okay. So we are going to take it because I'm – I'm more than happy to to take things right back to basics. And the reason that I didn't think... It's really interesting. Linear is just the way people have always watched TV. What's amazing yeah. about it is that the idea of watching TV in a linear way is, is so old-fashioned now that someone of your generation... It's like, what the fuck? What? There was a <laughs> word for that? Yeah. When actually, you just want two clicks away, probably, from watching almost anything ever created, which is absolutely mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It is wild. I mean, like, genuinely, like, I will probably not have a skybox or anything like that in my first yeah. flat or house like i i lit it's it's not that i have a problem with it it's just i literally will not use it because yeah. i i'll use netflix and prime my house my student house now no one uses that the only thing that i think people like my age use sky for is sports and like yeah. beauty sport that kind of thing but apart from that it's all just netflix and prime and youtube yeah and we will do i want to get us i want to get us back into live stand-up because we haven't really done this is episode five of this series, and we've not really done much about being a stand up for a couple of weeks. No. Nah, so I want to take us back to kind of doing stand up. But I also think it's really important when you look at this sort of stuff is to not be scared of it and not be mm. intimidated by it. And I know as a working class boy from Bristol whose parents weren't involved in this. I I do 
did and still find a lot of these things a little bit intimidating. Mm. The language, the way people are. But if we can get rid of that intimidation as a barrier and and have, you know, people just people confident enough to go, you work for a production company, brilliant. I want to take you out for dinner next week and tell you some of my ideas. And that production company person will go, yeah, all right. Like, <laughs> most of us will, genuinely, but most of us will feel like wankers if we do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's honestly just rejection, 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 rejection. The amount of emails I send to promoters and to get rejected is outrageous. But when one comes back and it works, it doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Well, I like that. I thought I was really pleased with that. Um, yeah, that conversation. Another one that hopefully people can kind of another little glimpse. I do get really nice messages sometimes from people going, "Yeah, I just really like listening because I really like listening to you and Ricky." But that episode about sitcom commissioning, I've got no interest in it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no interest. That's it was just nice funny. to listen to, and it's I'm like, "Yeah, right." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been told our voices are very pleasing to the ear. Hello. I was deliberately given some silence then, as nothing is more pleasing to the ear than silence. <laughs> what? What kind of like subversion of a podcast? Yeah, no, that's <laughs> what we're gonna do. We're gonna do an ASMR podcast one day. <laughs> oh it's God. Just... Yeah, my girlfriend loves ASMR. It's so weird. Does she? It's so weird. Yeah, like she showed me a video once where it was this guy who was eating like pork ribs and it was really close to a. Oh, God, I don't even like the dis- so Oh, like, no, I don't even. No, no I'm like- not happy with that at all. <laughs> it's so weird. Not it's so- happy with that at all. Uh, Masindo, have a lovely weekend. Um, Thank you. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do another one as soon as possible, right? Yeah, perfect, perfect. Have a good weekend, Mark, and enjoy the um, comedy. And what awards. do people do? Uh, what do people like? They leave us reviews and shit, don't they? And they talk to yeah. us. On five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. I've never listened friends. to it on Apple Podcasts. You're Spotify. Uh, I'm a Spotify man or Pocket Cast because you told mm. me about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but we're everywhere, are we? Yeah, we're everywhere. We're everywhere. Um, how far away are we from doing Oh Captain, My Captain live? Ah, I, we can do it now if you want. I mean, what do you mean? Like, do, would we get an audience? Yeah. Yeah, we definitely get an audience. We definitely, if we did it in London or Bristol, we definitely get an audience. Would we? Yeah, oh, we get some. That's quite exciting. I think we get we'll some. Try... We'll do yeah. something. Yeah, we'll try and do, we'll try and do an Oh Captain, My Captain live sometime in. Uh, in London and, and be nice to meet people who listen. Yeah, exactly. They have a little meet-up. Oh, Lush. My oh, captain. right. Sims phoning me. Uh, goodbye, my brother. Oh, captain. Bye-bye. My See captain. you later. Bye-bye. Oh, captain. My captain. Oh, captain. 